You are listening to the Dental Industry Insider, episode number six. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Industry Insider. And today, we are going to talk about the seven most common mistakes that dental salespeople make when dealing with receptionists. So let's get started. Wow. This topic is a big one. How to get through the gatekeeper. You know, a ton of books have been written on this subject, numerous seminars and workshops and conversations and training programs have been built around the idea of what it takes to effectively get through and get to decision makers. I don't care if you are in the dental, medical, commercial, industrial industry, getting through the gatekeepers is one of the most challenging parts of being a sales representative. And I am happy to share with you that throughout the last several decades, our organization, Answer International, has made it our business to understand the common mistakes as well as the successful attributes of the representatives that sell to dental consumers and dental providers. And we frequently get the request from representatives and sales managers. In fact, as a matter of fact, this episode was prompted by a regional manager that I was working with, and he had mentioned that his salespeople overall really struggle with getting through and getting to uh, dentists, especially now more than ever. So I took this opportunity to refresh our question out to office managers, uh, receptionists, of course, uh, even dentists, asking the specific questions around what it really takes to get through and get to dental decision makers. And I'm excited to share with you, and I'll share a little more at the end of this episode, about an upcoming masterclass that we've been building around this great information. There's just so much content uh, and good information that I want to be able to share with you that I can't do it in just a podcast. We're actually going to create a masterclass. And I invite all of you that struggle with getting through and getting to to really sign up as, as quickly as possible. It's just some great information. And um, I just really can't wait to share it with you. So uh, let's get on to what the common mistakes are. I really want to help you avoid these mistakes so that you really can separate yourself from the pack of other representatives that continue to make these mistakes over and over. And so that ultimately, you're able to dramatically increase your ability to get to dentists or hygienists or whoever it is in the dental office that you are trying to reach. So uh, in surveys and feedback studies and just in every way, shape, or form that we have asked the question about the, the number one mistake that salespeople make, and the answer is being too pushy or being too aggressive. Now, I find that interesting, and yet I understand it. Um, this answer has been very consistent in coming out up as either the number one or the number two answer 
from every dental professional that we have interviewed or collected uh, feedback from um, for several decades. So I can't even say to you that it's it's now more than ever because the competition is so intense, because we now not only have your direct competitors, but we also have um, online and, if you will, digital competition. It's just always been a challenge that dentists uh, perceive or, and again, the customer's perception is reality, that salespeople tend to be too aggressive or maybe overly uh, uh, pushy or assertive. And so receptionists actually parallel this as well. When uh, salespeople try to push them to get the dentist on the phone or to kind of rough them up a little bit in order to get to uh, whoever it is that they want to speak to. Um, I actually just had a conversation a week ago with a receptionist, very seasoned, has been in the business for uh, over 15 years, and I asked her the question, what's the number one mistake that salespeople make in your experience? And she said they are way too aggressive when they call, and they forget that I hold the keys to their success in being able to do whatever it is that they want to do for, for calling our office. And so I say, well, what do you do? And then I just tell them, there'll be no communication with the doctor. I will take their name and number. And um, she said, well, I can just think about a guy that called yesterday. And he was really aggressive. And so I told him, just give me your name and give me, give me your number. And then she said, and he'll be lucky if that note ever makes it on the doctor's desk. And she winked at me. And I just thought of you. I thought of all of you that you really are trying to separate yourself. You're trying to get through and get to, to introduce what are truly some amazing products, some solutions, things that really will help improve the customer's current condition. And it's because of this challenge in getting through that you really are stymied even before you get started. You don't even get to have an opportunity to interact um, and, and really let the dentist see what it is that you have to offer because of this situation. So I, I think this really amplifies why this particular podcast, um, as well as why the upcoming masterclass is, is really so important for all of us to get good at this skill. So being too aggressive, really the answer to that is obvious. Um, taking on a, a position of wanting to be of, of service and, and, and really one that really treats the uh, receptionist more, and this is point number two of the seven points I want to share with you, is to treat the receptionist um, like an advocate instead of an advers adversary. Um, we know that the receptionist holds the keys to access to the dentist and to anybody else that you need to talk to. And so the responsibility really is on your shoulders to be better prepared as well as to be persistent in your attempt. Persistence and aggression are not synonyms. And I know that you know that, but because this number one response keeps coming back that salespeople are too aggressive, 
um, I feel like as your sales coach, it's, it's, it's responsible. I'm responsible for at least reminding us of that. So I think the solution for not being like the rest of the representatives who are overly aggressive and who try to use a receptionist as a doormat instead of an adversary uh, is to really approach her since the majority of receptionists are women, uh, in a way that seeks her counsel, um, to seeks her advice, to say, you know, acknowledge the fact that you can hear that the, you know, that the office appears to be busy even over the phone, or if in fact you're making an in-office uh, sales call, an unexpected call, you can see that the office is busy to acknowledge that and to say something like, wow, it sounds like you're having a busy Wednesday. And I, I certainly respect that. However, um, I would like to find out a little bit more about how I might be able to get in with the dentist. Is now a good time for you to give me that advice? Or would you like for me to call back? Or would you like for me to stop back? Certainly, when it is a physical visit, that's a little easier in the sense that most dentists are are in uh, office complexes or buildings where there are other things that you can do to buy yourself time when you go back into a targeted office in order to be able to go back and offer the receptionist that. I can promise you that in 100% of the cases when I have really pressed receptionists to tell me as the industry's coach, sales coach, you know, what is it that if you had my job, what would you tell salespeople in, in helping them truly be more effective in dealing with receptionists? They have said, be persistent, be patient, be courteous, and really solicit that receptionist for whatever their office policies are. Um, and to not really try to mow over uh, whatever those policies are, to truly respect them and to work with them. Now, um, we're going to talk in future episodes about creative and, frankly, very effective ways in which I recommend that you get through and get to dentists. In fact, I'll include some of those elements in the, um, in the upcoming masterclass. However, um, I, I just want you to understand that for now, I want to put, if you will, the pressure on us in being able to develop the skills to be able to effectively manage um, the majority of the situations where we are in face-to-face -face or ear-to-ear -ear contact with a receptionist and being able to not just um, try to take these other diversionary tactics to get through without really getting good at this process. So, mistake number one, being too aggressive or too pushy. Mistake number two is treating the receptionist as an adversary and not an advocate. Um, the third common mistake is that sales representatives repeatedly call instead of attempting to set an appointment. Now, if you are being aggressive and you're insisting on an appointment, you're going to have, you know, shooting yourself in the foot with double barrels. Um, again, I would find out from the receptionist, what is the policy? Under what circumstances does the doctor agree to meet with sales representatives for an appointment and um, work with that policy to, to be able to position yourself in a way that um, earns one of those valuable time slots uh, with the doctor? Um, but 
to not think that, and this is mostly for um, telephone dental representatives, uh, what I find to be the model that they have often been coached to follow is smiling and dialing, dialing for dollars in being able to just bombard the office with call after call after call. If they, if they can't get through to the dentist at nine o'clock, then to call at 11. If they can't get through at 11, then call back at two. Um, this is not helpful. And frankly, as a human being, as a product expert, as a representative for whatever company you represent, you are far way too valuable for you to be investing your day where the majority of your time is spent dialing for dollars, making phone calls where all you do is get through to the receptionist and you don't get um, past that. Um, that's what we're trying to break here is increase or improve your attempt to contact ratio, if you will, if we talk about it in, in metric forms. Um, so I, I just I just want to say that we need to use better strategies and a better path of preparation on your part so that when you are making those uh, that initial call and you describe the purpose of your call and why it is that you truly do have a compelling cause for contact and reaching the doctor, you can say that with confidence, clarity, and um, you know, that alone will convey um, a sense of importance that will be heard by the receptionist. But none of that comes with even those that have the most velvet of tongues. That comes through preparation and planning. Um, so that's um, calling repeatedly is not my recommended strategy that may have worked in the past, but in today's um, very busy and frankly sophisticated uh, practices, receptionists are paid in part to be able to keep salespeople at bay. And as you already know, some of them do that very, very well. You can call a hundred times and the chances of you getting through to the dentist, unless you do something different to earn your ability to get through, will probably just be met with the same response and that's no. All right. So uh, number four uh, is giving up too early. I thought this uh, stat that I found was really fantastic. Do you know that 80% of all sales are made after the fifth contact? And yet, the majority of salespeople give up after two times. Wow. That to me, it just gets me excited just thinking about it because what that says to us is that there is possibility, there is juice in those leads. But when we tend to make two attempts to follow up on a lead from a trade show or from even a journal, uh, you know, a, a business reply card or whatever the lead source is, and we make two attempts and then we give up on average, when we know that we know that there 
is an opportunity in that lead. It's not the lead's fault and it's, you know, it's not marketing's fault. It is the responsibility of us in sales to be able to find a creative way and an effective way at conveying the interest or the inquiry that was behind whatever the lead was. And I'm going to give you some ideas on how you can represent that in a way that uh, the receptionist hears as important. Important enough to truly be able to deliver the message of your attempt at trying to reach uh, the doctor. So uh, giving up too early, let's not make that. Remember that um, the majority of calls are made in the fifth contact or more. All right. Uh, so number five is, um, and I mentioned this earlier before, but this I want to make sure that we really get this. The, the biggest mistake, one of the biggest mistakes is not providing a compelling cause for contact. So you ring up the office, the receptionist answer, you introduce yourself and your company and you and you ask for the dentist or ask if the dentist is available that you'd like to speak with him. Well, guess how many phone calls they get that sound exactly like that? Well, you can guess there's a lot. And so the first thing would be in in really you uh, taking a very dissected look at not only the words that you're saying when you're introducing yourself, and we've got a six-step process that I will teach in the master class um, for you to follow that has truly been developed by the rich feedback that we've gotten from receptionists and office managers and dentists as far as what are the most powerful way of setting up that request to get through and get to the dentist. Um, and and I, I can't wait to share that with you. But what, um, what I want you to understand is the more that you sound like every other salesperson that is calling that day and that week, the more likely you are going to be put in the bucket of he or she is just like everybody else. So what I'm saying is that I don't want you to be so unique and creative that you now sound weird, but I, what I want you to do is take the, a few moments and think about what it is was the, the, the reason or the cause that you have the lead in front of you. Um, did a doctor, <clears throat> a colleague refer this particular uh, account? Um, did you have a retail representative that asked you to contact this doctor? Uh, did the doctor himself request some kind of contact either through an internet lead or from some other means? Your uh, compelling cause for contact, or if you will, your business reason for calling, really is the, the key to having that receptionist make that shift from you are just like everybody else through uh, and getting you to the end decision maker by uh, you, her hearing that as being something uh, is important. This is something that the doctor is going to want to hear. So let me ask you, as you begin to prepare to make your next calls, um, what is your compelling um, 
cause for contact? What is it that you say is the reason that justifies you to get through and get to the dentist? If you haven't really thought that out, and if you haven't really honed that, um, then I would strongly encourage you to do that. Um, it must sound important. It must sound recent. It must sound urgent uh, to a reasonable degree. Again, we're selling dental products here, right? We're, you know, not saving lives per se. So um, I think it's important that there is an element of urgency. So uh, for example, for you to say, I spoke to Dr. Jones last week in Chicago at the dental meeting, and he's asked me to follow up to provide uh, some additional information to follow on the conversation we had is very different than I'm calling to follow up to talk to the doctor. Is he available? Do you, do you hear the difference? So it's really important that you provide the dentist with a compelling uh, cause for contact as part of uh, your introduction when you call and interact with the receptionist. The sixth biggest mistake of salespeople uh, when they're calling on dental offices is expecting paper to push product flyers to influence and samples to sell. Yes, I, I really did try to memorize that. Um, but bottom line, what I'm saying is that too often dental salespeople, while they don't intend to, what they end up being is well-paid mailmen, that their idea of a sales call or a cold call is simply dropping off the literature. And as we already know, there is no kind of literature, there is no sample on this planet that can do what you can do. You have been well-trained to understand the very specific conditions and circumstances that um, a dentist would need, want, or benefit by what it is that you offer. No literature can do that as well written as some of the literature pieces are that we have, it can't compare to you. And so what I want you to think of is that literature and samples are nothing more than an adjunct or a sales tool to supporting a conversation or some kind of follow-on event that has occurred the dentist, uh, has occurred for the dentist to be able to now provide you to use this either uh, in your sales presentation or leave it in a way that it somehow has been part of um, a, a bigger uh, conversation. Ideally, it would, it would be used, literature would be used as a lead, leave behind um, and you would even refer to it during your presentation, right? So one of the other ideas, if you're a telephone representative, would be that you would uh, email to whatever email address you have for the office uh, the PDF of that document so that once you are successful at getting the dentist on the phone, you're able to say that you have emailed it and to refer him to that so that ideally he would be able to have that PDF in front of him while you guys go through the conversation um, or presentation about your product or service. So avoiding the mistake of expecting literature or samples to do the work of your selling. Um, it just 
it just doesn't work. So at minimum, what I would recommend to you be to uh, gather some customer intelligence about what the doctor is currently using, and then either add a post-it, a personal note, something, so that you can see that there is some information that you have collected in advance to now that you're leaving this literature altered in some way or with an attached note that helps the dentist zero in on a key point about your product or your service so that he can begin to see that perhaps there is a difference here, there is a benefit, there is an opportunity, a way that he can improve his, his situation with whatever product he's using now by considering and obviously having a conversation with you. So leaving that, even if it's just a brief sticky note with um, a, a brief note on there with your contact information, offering um, a follow-on uh, telephone call or in-office visit, ideally, if you're, if you're in that position, um, is so much more powerful than you just leave your literature with uh, your business card stapled to it or um, a paper clip to it. It, it, again, do you know how much literature goes into the dumpsters at the end of a week? Um, it's, it's just not the best way for you to set yourself above everyone else. Okay, last and not least uh, is the mistake of really attempting to do a product pitch to receptionists. Now, there is the front of the house, and if you've been in sales for more than five minutes, you know this, but I want to go over it because it comes up regularly. There is the front of the house, which are the receptionists, often the office managers, other, if you will, practice um, business personnel that are designed to basically keep the office running, interact with patients, deal with billing, insurance, et cetera, the, the schedule. And then there's the back of the house, right? There are the clinical providers. Um, sometimes you will get a receptionist or an office manager who comes from the back of the house, who was an assistant uh, or that worked with the doctor for a number of years and now um, has migrated up front. Um, and that is rare, however. What we generally find is that the front of the house are people who are not that familiar with the, um, the clinical aspects of dentistry. And so oftentimes I think salespeople think that if they attempt to influence or persuade that receptionist with their charisma or their charm, and that's not really being effective, that they switch to plan B, and that is trying to baffle the receptionist with their product knowledge um, so that they can try to demonstrate how much they know about the product or try to elevate the importance of how good the product sounds from a technical standpoint by throwing a couple of, um, you know, big dental or clinical technical terms and hopes that the receptionist is just going to be so riveted and taken that she will get up off of her chair and she will go back and tell the dentist, you must see the salesperson. It sounds ridiculous and it is. And yet so often we tend to, you know, put our energies into trying to sell that, that receptionist on what it is that we offer um, when she doesn't even have a doesn't know a, a, a cement from a composite, right? Um, so 
what I would encourage you to avoid is to from attempting to uh, sell the receptionist or even get into any kind of technical knowledge at all. Now, there are some other aspects of many technical products that could influence um, areas in which that receptionist would be interested. So uh, qualities like increasing, uh, decreasing chair time, increasing speed or efficiency of the office, uh, increasing patient comfort, um, lowering lowering risk for needing to remake a crown. I mean, there are many, many, many aspects that that we can, if you will, briefly touch on uh, that might be at least appropriate to bring up, again, depending on how the conversation goes, uh, that you could insert. But my advice and my offer to you would be to avoid really getting into any kind of technical discussion about the attributes of your product because after the first sentence i can promise you that the receptionist is really just wanting to get rid of you okay um all right so here's the thing here's just in three wrap-up uh, uh pieces of advice that i want to be able to give you as we come to a close um first of all as you approach every office whether it's in person or on the phone remember that gatekeeping is the receptionist's job. In any job description that you see online or otherwise, part of the receptionist's job is to be able to discern who gets in and who stays out. And unfortunately, it's just the nature of the business that salespeople are perceived as being a disruption or an interruption to the core business at hand, which is providing dental care to patients. And so it's only those representatives who really understand how to work uh, with that, within those constraints of the office policies and the way that business is done in dentistry that are those that earn the right to be able to get to see um, the clinical providers. Uh, and so I think it's important that you remember and you respect that by the receptionist rejecting you or putting you off, that she is indeed doing her job, just like you are trying to do your job. And so um, I think that there is a way that you can mutually accomplish your job and she can honor her job uh, together if you two are able to get into a dialogue and get into discussion about how the best way is for you to get to and get through. And the receptionist is in the perfect position to be able to serve as your coach and as your advocate, not as your adversary. The second point is, I think it's also really important, is for you to begin any call um, with a genuine interest in helping um, and being able to be of service to that office. Look, I think that one of the reasons that I love this industry is that we are an industry that is ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen in the clinical side. And I mean, our company um, slogan is 
because better smiles are counting on us. I really believe that if we as the business side of dentistry don't demonstrate the leadership that's necessary in order to be able to step in and step up to showing dentists better ways of clinical care and practice management and interacting with their patients, if it doesn't come from us on the business side, then it won't come. And therefore, the whole industry will not rise to that next level of professionalism and patient care and just everything that this industry is is so awesome for. Um, and so I, I want you to remember that and to hopefully come into every business day in a spirit of wanting um, to be of the best possible value and service to your account. And I know that m the majority of folks do that. This isn't about finding ways that you can manipulate the system in order to be able to get uh, more sales. That's, that's just not sustainable. And frankly, that um, is you know, it's just not what this industry was founded on. So um, starting with a genuine interest to be of service in people and being able to help support um, the dentist in, in really elevating his own interest to provide the best quality care uh, to the patients that he serves and to new patients that he could potentially serve. Um, if you can partner with him with that and be able to position your products as a solution towards that end, I can promise you, you will have more customers than you'll know what to do with. So the third and last point I want to say is, um, is to connect, is that, that, you know, whole idea of being um, a student of constant development, really being able to continually look at your own performance and your own interactions every single day, every single call, and being able to, to be open enough to look at your interactions, even if you've been at the game for years and years, and being able to say and think how you could do that better, how it is that you can can really take things for yourself to the next level, that you can serve your customers better, that you can serve your company, that you can represent yourself and your products in a way that is just a little bit better today than it was yesterday. I really do believe that um, that, that is what makes this profession and this industry so fantastic is that you know, in the end, there really is no end game. It's just a, it's just a process of continuous improvement. And I, I really believe that if you feel like you have it all figured out, then it's probably time to retire. I want to invite you to the next version of what you can be in your, in your territory, to your customers, and frankly, to yourself, to the provider that you can be for yourself and for your family. Um, because I can assure you that if you avoid these seven mistakes that are so commonly made in the industry, that indeed you will begin to taste a much higher level of success, of confidence, and effectiveness in your interactions with um, the very dental, the dentists and the people that you serve. So 
thank you for that. I look forward to uh, seeing you on the next podcast, and there'll be more information just upcoming on the, uh, the masterclass on how to get through the gatekeeper. Hey, it's Anita. I wanted to let our podcast listeners in on a special educational event that I'm offering. Since reaching dentists and other key decision makers inside dental offices is harder than it's ever been, I've created an online mastery class to share the proven tips and techniques that we've been teaching on how to get through gatekeepers and reach more dentists. You know, our private clients have invested over $8,000 for their sales teams to learn this material. And I can tell you that when reps learn this stuff, they have gone on to create some pretty impressive results. Reaching dentists for a few quality minutes has become almost impossible these days. So I'm releasing this material to the industry in the form of an online convenient training program so that more sales professionals, more companies, and more dentists can benefit by the products that you represent. I really believe that this course is good for the dental industry. In it, I will teach you our step-by-step -step process for getting easier, faster access to dentists in their office or over the phone. You'll learn the best times to call, the right approach to set yourself from all other sales reps. It basically, this class is just everything that you need to know. I've held nothing back. So make this small investment in yourself or in your sales team. Because clients still retain us to teach this material in the form of private workshops, we're only going to make this online program available for a limited time. So I really want to encourage you to sign up right away. Visit dentalindustryinsider.com forward slash gatekeeper class.